Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Make reference to this. We're going to start our reading today in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Now, there's seven things to do with the Word. First one I, I want to deal with is read the Word, then study the Word of God, then meditate the Word of God, and then after you've meditated the Word of God, then pray the Word of God. After you prayed the Word of God, then you come in and you confess the Word of God, and then you start to do the Word of God. These are aspects of tonight. We're going to be studying the reading of the Word of God. Why this is so important that we have a, a daily a, a time that we spent with the Word of God. Now, reading the Word brings, I believe this, divine inspiration. There's a lot of things that they can inspire you. You know, there's a lot of motivational speakers out there today. A lot of them, and they have a lot of motivational books. And over the course of my life and being in ministry, earlier part of my years in ministry, you know, I was invited to go speak at different places and different uh, business meetings. And I'd go out and I'd speak. And it was so interesting that I'd see all these people. In one meeting, one man was speaking, and he wrote a a, a I never bought the book. I never saw the book. He quoted the book uh, and he, he uh, showed the book around. And uh, there was over 5,000 business people there. And uh, he quoted, he said about his book. And his book cost $25,000. And a lot of the things that he was saying in the book could be taken out of the book of Proverbs. You could find it out of the book of Psalms. You could find reference point of Jesus saying or the Apostle Paul saying. All motivational speaking has their roots in this, the Word of God. So we get divinely inspired, which then motivates us. And I've used this term that we move into promotion life. And promotion comes to pros that are in motion. We've got to be doing something with this living Word. So reading the Word of God brings divine inspiration. Now, let me, as we go into this, there are a total of 66 books in this Bible. 66 books from Genesis all the way to Revelation. A total of 66 books of the Bible. Took a little over 1,500 years to compile those 66 books. Out of that, there are 1,189 chapters from the Genesis chapter 1 to the last chapter in Revelations. 1,189 chapters. That's a lot of stuff to read. And then we have thousands of words that are spoken and prophecies that are given, instructions. All of this is found in this. So this book, this Bible, the Holy Word of God is filled with information, inspiration, and revelation. And that's what we need. We need to get a hold of information we need to be divinely inspired, and we need Holy Ghost revelation on the Word. Now, in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse, uh, it makes a statement in chapter 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews that believed on Him, that if you would continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, look at that again. Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, they believed. And here's what he said. If you would continue, not if we make you, not if you feel uh, you get this 
sense or, or an emotion on you or a, a supernatural unction. Hey, read. No, there will be those moments, but you and I must take it upon ourselves to pick up the Word of God and to and press in to the Word of God and force ourselves into a habit of reading the Bible. Now, for some people, once they finish high school, they think they don't need to read anymore. And so they stop reading. The Bible needs to be read. You need to read this on a daily basis. This is instructional. This is fortifying your life. This is blessing your life. Every time you read the scripture, put your name in there where the blessings are and where you see the promises of God. Put your name in there. If you don't read the Bible on a regular basis, you will not discover and live in the discovery of how much God loves you. God loves you so much. And it's so, it's so interesting in a natural marriage that if a person doesn't uh, continue the revelation and the pursuit of knowing their spout, spouse, I've heard the statement, they fall out of love with somebody. Well, it's not really they fall out of love with somebody. They fall in love with other things. Well, if we don't read the word, we won't know how much God loves us. And then other things come in and we'll pursue those. God has absolute love for you. He has mercy for you. But it's your responsibility to, to, for me to say to you, God loves you. You've got to know that. And every time you read the Bible, you discover God loves me so much. Look what he just did. Look what he said. Look what he did for so-and-so. Look what he did for this, for this generation. Look what he did. Jesus said to those Jews that believed, if you'll just continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples indeed. Now listen to that. So continuing the word makes us disciples. We need to read it to be divinely inspired so that we can become his disciples. A disciple means a disciplined one. It just doesn't mean a churchgoer. It means a disciple one, one that is committed, one that has yielded, one that says, I'm pursuing this and I'm after everything that God has instructed me to do. This is so vitally important that you and I understand this, that you and I get a hold of this. So then the Jews, watch this, the Jews which believe, if you continue, you're my disciples. And he says, indeed, and you shall know the truth you that continue the word, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, I like that word make you free. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean to set you free. Now, if I put my Bible right here, it's set there. It's not moving. But to me, made free means progressively. I was set in Christ Jesus. I'm free, but now I've got to progressively every day grow in Christ Jesus. I've got to every day increase in this anointing, in the relationship factor. I do that by creating this environment, by staying in the word of God. So you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. It continues working on. See, God doesn't change, but we change. He said, I'm the Lord, I change not. But yet he gives us instruction through the word so that we're costly changing to become more and more and more like him. There's nothing greater than Jesus Christ. And this is what creates in us this great testimony that people want to be like us and grow like us. Go to Matthew chapter 4, verses, uh, verse 4. And I want to read this out of the message translation, if I can. 
Jesus was going through some uh, statements with his disciples. And this is very important that we realize this, uh, uh, this verse. And, and the message translation before four says, Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. I like that. He answered by quoting Deuteronomy. Stop. How did he quote Deuteronomy. Why would he quote Deuteronomy? How did he know Deuteronomy said this? Because this was part of the first five books of the Bible, known as the Pentateuch or the Torah, by which he knew. Remember in Luke's gospel, the fourth chapter, and remember over there, you begin to read that uh, Jesus had come back uh, and he come back with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit on him. And then he took the scroll where, and he found the place where it was written. He found the place where it was written. And then he began to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he is anointed. He found that place. How did he know that place was there? He had read it. He had heard it read. He had been in the synagogue. They read it. He read it himself. So how did he know to quote Deuteronomy at this place? How did he know Deuteronomy was speaking about him at this moment and what he needed to explain to his disciples? He had read it before. If you, you cannot quote something in you, come up out of you if it's not first stored in you. And you get that through the reading of the scriptures. I mean, there's times I, I recall some, there's times I'm preaching. There's times that I'm speaking to people, talking with people. They're asking me questions. And up out of my spirit will come a verse. How did I know that? I've read that verse there. I just it wasn't in a meeting where they quoted it. I had been. However, myself personally, I read that verse and it, I can attach it to that conversation. That's what's powerful about the word. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. A steady stream of words coming out of the mouth of God. Now, this Bible, ladies and gentlemen, this Bible is full of streams. The Bible said, out of our belly flow rivers of living water. How do we get that river flowing? By getting into the Word, by reading the Word of God. We got to stay with this book right in here. This is the book. Man, you know, Joanna and I, she got born again a few months before I did. And, uh, and she was the greatest soul winner there, 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 to me there is because she led me to Christ. And oh, her and I have been reading the word and, uh, you know, since, since we were married and prior to that we got married, we've been studying that word and we just celebrated in, in our life 46 years of marriage at the time of this, you're hearing me right now, 46 years of marriage. And she was reading the word before I was. She was filled with the Holy Ghost before I was. She trusted God before I did. She led, she followed Christ before I did. And I followed her as she followed Christ. And I'm born again because of her today. She's the greatest soul winner I know. What a powerhouse she is. Praise God for it. Now, here it says, it takes a steady stream of words. The first time I ever heard words flowing from anybody was out of Joanne. And those words came inside of me and radically changed me. And then I got a hold of the word, been reading it, and it's, it's been changing me ever since. Together we share scripture back and forth. She'll share with me word, I'll share with her words and the power of God. But I like this part. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes more than bread. Now, God will give you your daily bread. 
God will feed you. God will fill your refrigerator. Because that is a need. And the scripture said your father knows what you have need of before you ask from a natural standpoint. So yes, the Bible said even the fowls of the air, even the sparrow, God feeds the sparrow. He provides for them. And if God would do that, he'll do it for you. So the necessity of natural food is so vital to you. But if you don't have a steady diet of natural food from a natural standpoint, your body will get weak. It can become anemic. Well, you could become spiritually weak and anemic if you don't read the word on a regular basis. It's not enough. Listen, not enough for you just to come to church and hear somebody like me preach the gospel. You got to get into it yourself and you got to know that word inside of you yourself. You got to get it deep on the inside. Let me read Matthew 4 again. He said this, Jesus answered, by quoting Deuteronomy. Man, that's powerful. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. From God's mouth. So everything recorded. 66 books of the Bible. Over 1,500 years to collect all of these 66 books. Over 1,189 chapters in the Bible. And the numerous amount of promises, that's a steady stream of God's words coming into your life. So why is it important then for you and I to read scripture on a regular basis? Well, it's important because if we don't know this word and it took, look at, if God invested 1,500 years into getting us the, what, all of this prophetic utterances, the blessings, the righteousness of God, all of this. All of it leads to one thing. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is Lord. Everything paints us the portrait of how much God loves us. All of this is the plan of God for you and I. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 20, I want to read that to you out of the Amplified Version. And uh, we find this as we go to the book of Romans. Why it's so important for you and I to read the Word. It's certain things we can know about God. This is close to what I'm about to say. There are certain things that you know from God by possessing general knowledge. But without scripture, people can, can know God's power, divine nature, by just looking at creation. God created that. God created this. We can know that. Here's scriptural to prove that. Romans chapter 1 verse 20, Amplified Version. For ever since the creation of the world... His invisible nature and attributes, that is, his eternal power and divinity have been made, uh, in, watch this, intelligent or made it comprehensible and clearly discernible in and through the things that have been made. Those are what's called his handiworks. So men and women are without excuse. Listen to that part. You're without excuse altogether without any defense or justification. There isn't one man or woman without excuse. You can look at just the stars and, and, and yet people say, well, you know, maybe that was just a big bang. Well, where did the big bang come from? How did it even create? How did that even come up? God created, in order for there to be bang, there had to be something out there to explode. God created that. In the beginning, God said, and God spoke those things out. Those are streams of words of God coming out. So he makes the statement again in here, for ever since the creation of the world. 
ever since the creation, his invisible nature and attributes have been exposing themselves to mankind. Also, we're told that speaking of natural individuals, knowledge of God's laws are present because it's written in their hearts. I don't know if you know that or not. There are people who don't know the word and yet they live honestly. They don't want, they, they don't want to lie. It's in them. They, they, it hurts them when they lie or cheat. And they, they're not born again. Why is that so? Because the laws of God are, are designed to be written on the inside of us and grow with us. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 and, ver, excuse me, 14 and 15. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 makes this statement. Some people naturally obey the laws, the laws commands, even though they don't have the law. Even though they don't have it, they naturally obey it. Verse 15, this proves that the conscience is like a law written in the heart and it will show whether we are forgiven or condemned. Now, an individual could stand there and say, you know what? I'm no thief, not born again, don't know Jesus Christ, first Lord and Savior, have never been to a church service as their adults. And yet they say to themselves, I'm not a cheater. I don't steal. I'm not going to steal from that store, but I could do that. Or you'll get another person and make a statement I'm, and, and they'll say to themselves and maybe just remove themselves. But they have the opportunity to sin, maybe commit adultery or fornicate, but they say to themselves, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to that strip club, nightclub. I'm not going to go do any of that stuff. It's a law written on the inside. They're not born again, but they just know that's just not right. I'm not supposed to do that. Can you imagine that much more when you're born again and the written word of God is on your heart? And you and I are led of the Spirit of Almighty God now that we're born again. Oh, man, that's why it, the Scripture said these kind of things should not be named among us because there are men and women who are not born again, who are carnal, who, are, who are, have yet to accept Jesus Christ as personal Lord, but yet they have this moral law on the inside that says, I can't do that. And they don't have the law in their heart, but they just know this is wrong. Well, we as believers... We ought to have a moral compass on the inside higher than that. And yet in some cases, not in every case, but in some cases, there are some Christians acting worse than some people that don't even know Jesus Christ. That's why some of them make the statement, I know church people and I'm not going to church. I hear them talk. I hear what they do. They're the number one cussers, the number one backbiters. They argue. They're fighters. They do all this stuff. And yet they go to church with a little bumper sticker, follow me to church. I'm following them to church. You don't know what I know. And they come in. I remember one time a person told me, they said, you know that uh, you didn't realize that my dad was such a cusser, did you? You didn't realize that he cussed the way that he did and the way that he acts at home. Isn't anywhere he acts around you guys. He acts totally different around you guys. That's why I don't want to go to church. Their child told me that. That's so interesting to me. And yet in the church, powerful usher, everybody thought he was the world, but his children refused to serve God because they said, the way I see him at home, is different. You cannot be different one place or another. I cannot, as a minister of the gospel, be different from here at the house where I'm filming currently right now, and and then be from the pulpit. I can't do that. I, I got to live it accurately. So apart from God's word, mankind 
would never learn the all-important message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Even though somebody may say, I'm not going to do that sin. I'm, that, that's wrong. They may not call it sin. I'm not going to do that. That's just wrong for me to do that. That's wrong for me to do this. But yet they don't know Jesus as Savior. And if we don't read the Word on a regular basis, we won't know that. The purpose of reading the Word of God is to provide us with the comprehension that there's a vast difference between knowing about God and knowing God personally. When I read the Word, I begin to know Him personally. There's a difference between knowledge God's out there that Jesus is Lord, and that he died for my sins. Difference. The Bible is God's word. You can call it the Holy Bible. The Bible, the word of God, the scripture. Some refer to it who are stu students of theology. The Holy Scripture the, or the Holy Script. Uh, and so they have different terminologies for it. The law, they've got the commandment connected to it, the judgment of God. All of this means it's alive, it's active. The Bible is incapable of being wrong. Listen to that. The Bible itself is incapable of being wrong. People that read it are capable of being wrong, but the Bible itself is incapable of being wrong. The word of truth cannot lie. It cannot be wrong. The word. Now, people who read it, I want to say it again, can be wrong. But the word itself is not wrong. Jesus is the word of God. And the word is completely sufficient for all aspects of life and godliness. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. A very familiar verse to many of us. And if you're joined for the first time and not familiar with it. The Apostle Paul had a, a young man that he was training known as Timothy. And he referred to him as his son uh, in the faith. Because he had led him to Christ. And Timothy referred to the Apostle Paul as his father in the faith. And second, in the second letter to Timothy, and in the third chapter of verse 16, it says this, All scripture, Timothy, is given by the inspiration of God. And then, Timothy, I want you to know this. Stay in the scripture because to you, Timothy, and anybody who reads it, it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for instruction in righteousness. So the word of God is profitable to you. You can profit by staying in the word of God. It's profitable. You, it, it gives you increase. It causes you to become your value to increase. That's why we need to read the scripture because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And this is very important that we understand that. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40 makes this statement. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. Jesus speaking. And it is, the, it, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to, to me that you may have life. So he says, you're searching the scriptures, rabbis. You're searching the scriptures, priests. You're searching the scriptures, you scribes. You're searching the scriptures from a religious standpoint because in them uh, you think, you think it, that in them you have eternal life because you can quote them, because the scripture hangs from your garments, because you can memorize them and put them into work. However, you don't come to me with that scripture and you don't live that scripture out. And he says, you need to do that. So 
You search the scripture. You need to search the scripture. That's what we've got to do. Jesus is making reference here. You've got to search the scripture. Because in them, we don't think we know. We know that in the scripture, we discover eternal life. Eternal life is in there. We find out about this wonderful life. The entire Bible, ladies and gentlemen, the entire Bible, from Genesis to the whole word is about Jesus Christ. The whole thing. Yes, it talks about your blessing. It does. Yes, it talks about your prosperity. Yes, it does. It talks about your health and healing. Yes, it does. But none of that without Jesus Christ. You prosper because of Jesus Christ. You're blessed because of Jesus Christ. You're saved because of Jesus Christ. You're healed because of Jesus Christ. Don't exclude Jesus. Don't go to the scripture and then separate it and look for some uh, issue that you're going through to find it. You want peace? Discover Jesus. And peace that passes understanding becomes yours. God is such a good God. That's why God will commission you to go into all the world. God's word is a progressive revelation about the plan of God redeeming his people for himself. For himself. You've been redeemed from sickness. You've been redeemed from sin. You've been redeemed from the curse. But the reason you were redeemed is so that you could walk with God. God loves you. God cares about you. It wasn't just so that you could be blessed and put your hand to heaven. Thank God I'm blessed. You are that. (coughs) Excuse me. Reading the Bible is where our heart and soul come to the understanding of God's love plan of salvation. This whole thing is a revelation of the love plan for you and I to be saved. God, through salvation, became Father. Jesus became Savior and Lord. And the Holy Spirit is our intimate teacher who leads us and guides us in all truth. And all of this was in place before the beginning of time. So anytime you and I read this, we're we're reading God's plan before the beginning of time, what he wanted out of us. Over and over in the Bible, God has stored up the revelation of his heart, of what he wants for you. God has blessed you. And reading and memorization of what we have read and that we're changed in the likeness of Christ is one of the greatest things you could ever do in your life. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, Old Testament. In the book of Ezra, Ezra and, and, and Nehemiah are almost partner books. As a matter of fact, for a time they were. They're both in Chronicles and they're giving the chronicle order of things. And Ezra come on, came on the scene and he's talking to the children of Israel and in verse 10, you ought to read the book of Ezra. It is a powerful book. Ezra 7.10 says, And Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it. Study the law and do it and to teach his statutes and rules and rules to, in Israel. So he was supposed to, he did this. He was, his heart was to study the word. Is your heart to read the word, study the word? Is that your heart? Man, that's the way it, it ought to be. That's why we're dealing with this. We as Christians need to read the Word of God. I, I remember a man by the name of uh, Lester Summerall telling the account of when he went to go visit with a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth. And when he went, he had the newspaper stuck underneath his arm. And Smith Wigglesworth opened up the door and looked at him. He goes, what do you got there? He goes, the newspaper. He took it and hit him a little bit on top of the head and then threw it in the trash. He goes, he goes that stuff don't come in here. It's, all that stuff's bad news. I want to hear the good news. 
and he talked to the word. Now you say, well, that's a little rough. Well, yeah, true. But that man raised so many people from the dead and that man, the, the ministry of God was on his life, the healings, the miracles, signs and wonders and the teaching of the word of God that he taught people. Well, he didn't need the newspaper. He had the new, the good news of the word of God. Dr. Les Sermon became one of the greatest apostles and my wife Joanne and I had the great privilege of meeting him, knowing him and having him preach in our church. What a dynamic thing that was. Ezra set his heart to study the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord. Notice the law of the Lord. The word Lord is indicating master, somebody that, you, that rules over your heart. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, to attain to knowledge that he might master it. If he could master the comprehension of the scripture, he could teach Israel. But the first thing he, reason he had to master it so that he could master his own emotions. He could master his own condition. Sometimes the greatest thing you could do is master your own attitude. Because when you get born again, your, your head doesn't change. Your heart does. Your head doesn't. You walk away, you look the same, and uh, you're dressed the same way, and you got to renew the way that you think. And that's why reading the Word of God does it. He set his heart upon increasing in the knowledge of God. Do you, do you want to increase? He learned his, he learned, he, let me rephrase that. He leaned into his study, pressed in to study this way and took a great deal of personal effort in searching and digging into it. He read it, he meditated on it, and the next thing he said was, I got to do it. I got to do it. So you, we've got to just not read it. It's something we got to do. Ezra knew that this was not merely for himself, but for others as well. This was about other people. Once you learn it, you, master the, you understand the components of knowledge of the laws, the moral judgment, the, the civil judgment we're upon, and how we flow. One last verse of scripture is Romans 15, 4 says, For whatsoever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hope for what? That this salvation is real. That this salvation works. That this salvation is not just for us, but I got to share it with somebody else. Right now where you're at, this, the word of God is working in you. Right where you're at. If you were born again, if you've been washed in the blood, if Jesus is Lord of your life, then ladies and gentlemen, you are Bible saved. And every time you read the Bible, you illuminate on the inside. You revelate on the inside. You begin inspired on the inside and divine revelation comes. And when that happens, Jesus Christ is solidified in you and nothing and no one can shake it from you. And every day you get up, you go, today's a new day. God is with me today. God is for me today. And I'm going to do everything I can to share this gospel with somebody. Whatever I set my hands to do shall and will prosper. I'll get up and be renewed. I wake up today with a new step in, as I walk. My shoulders are held back. My, I'm, my head is held high. I'm the righteousness of Almighty God. I read it about myself, and I know what God said about me. I'm just simply doing what God said about me. My God is an awesome God. I bow to my God. I bow to my Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, Jesus, you're the Lord. You're the commander-in-chief. Yes, sir. Give me instruction. That's what I'll do. Jesus is Lord. Read the Word of God and get divinely inspired to do what God told you to do. Thank you for joining me tonight. I believe it was a blessing to you. If you've never... 
If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.